Well, friends, as, as we plan to open this week, my brain started to tick over about what I was going to preach about. Uh, and I came up with all sorts of ideas, and I went back and forth and decided on something and then changed it and changed it and changed it. <laughs> because I kept saying to myself, what makes church, church? Uh, why, why gather here rather than just keep on gathering online, right? And how can we still include the people who are online and, and don't want to come out yet without making them feel guilty? But here's what I came to realize, or here's what I concluded. I think we come to church because we want to have a moment with Jesus here. We want to have a moment with God. Somehow in church there's this sacredness, there's this kind of hush in this place that, that makes us feel God's presence in a stronger way. Many of us thirst for that, and so we come to church because here we can have a special moment with Jesus. And I mean, you can do it anywhere. You don't have to come to church to have a moment with Jesus. I'm sure you've realized this over the lockdown. You can have a moment with Jesus in your gown on your couch with your cats hanging around. It's just as, it's just as likely. But I think many of you have come today because you're thirsty for a, a sacred moment with Jesus that happens here that perhaps doesn't quite happen in the same way when you're not here. As we've always said, this is a place of grace. And so moments, sacred moments can happen here in a different way. And so I want to do three weeks, three weeks of, of messages called Moments with Jesus. And uh, today I want to talk to you about the touch of Jesus. Have you ever heard the saying, everything he touched turned to gold? Uh, it comes from a classic story in Greek mythology about King Midas. Maybe you've heard of the Midas touch, right? Uh, King Midas, the myth goes, got this opportunity to meet the great god of celebration. And so he went along and the god of celebration offered him one wish. And Midas loved gold more than anything in the world. And so his wish was that everything he touched would turn to gold. And to his delight, the next day it happened. He, he woke up and everything he touched literally turned to gold. It was fantastic. But after a while, he discovered that it was a curse because he went to pick up a rose to smell it and it turned to gold. And then he went to have his breakfast and uh, picked up a grape and it turned to gold. And then his little girl came to greet him, came running to greet him, gave him a big hug. She turned into a gold statue. And so Midas, in despair, ran back to the God of Celebration and said, Please, can you, can you take this back? Uh, and the God said to him, go down to the river and wash your hands. And as he did, all this gold flew, flowed out of his hands into the river. And he went home and everything had returned to normal. And so the Midas touch seems like a touch we would all like. It seems like the most powerful touch in the world, doesn't it? But it isn't. It isn't. There is one whose touch is far more powerful than the Midas touch. The touch of Jesus is the touch that is the touch of all touches. It is the most powerful touch there is. And in fact, that song we've just sung, that's why I had to play that song. He touched me and made me whole. Uh, it's a song written by Bill Gaither. He wrote it in the 60s. And I was watching this interview of him explaining how he wrote it. He was, he was playing a bunch of old gospel revivals in the 60s with a, with a traveling evangelist. And after the one meeting, they were all sitting around having supper and the preacher said to him, there's something special about the, the word touch 
in the New Testament. And he said, you know, it comes up so often about Jesus touching people and their whole lives changing with his touch. And so he said, won't you write a song about this? And so he wrote that song, and for years it's been a, it's been a standard in many churches. He touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me and made me whole. don't know about you, but in this pandemic, I've, I've sort of struggled with that at times. You never know how you should approach someone when you greet them. You sort of, do you go in with the elbow? Do you, do you go with a hand? Do you do the hug? Do you wait for them? The best thing is just to wait for them, right, and make them, let them make the decision. Because suddenly there's all this restriction on our touching. And it's, it, it's hurt us, I think, in a great way, because... We're so wired to be physically affectionate, even in small ways, even just a handshake. And when it doesn't happen, it seems to affect us. It's it's weird not to be able to do it. And so my sense is that most of us here, in fact probably all of us, are longing for a touch tonight. Longing for a touch that will give us joy, that will make us whole. And oh, Jesus is willing. You know, Jesus is here and he's willing to touch us, touch our hearts, touch our lives, put his hand on our shoulders, give us great joy. His touch is available here. And, and I hope that once you've left tonight, you're going to have felt the touch of Jesus. Maybe you already have. And so let's talk about the touch of Jesus tonight. Firstly, I want to say this. His touch is pure and gentle. The phrase, he touched me, has all sorts of negative connotations in today's world that it didn't have in the 60s when it was written. If a friend came to you and said, that man touched me, you'd, say, you'd think it was inappropriate, right? That phrase sounds inappropriate. And I think we've learned the hard way that many people have been hurt by this touch. But the touch of Jesus is never inappropriate. The touch of Jesus is never rough. The touch of Jesus never has ulterior motives. It's always a touch of compassion and a touch of care. In fact, it reminds me of the phrase, with great power comes great responsibility. Think of what bad things Jesus could have done with these powers. Think of what, what he could have done with that powerful touch of his to hurt people. But he doesn't. He chose to use his touch for good and he chose to always touch people's lives in a loving way. We can all learn from the touch of Jesus and make sure we follow his example. His touch is never forced, right? There's nothing less comfortable in the world than someone touching you when you don't want them to touch you. But Jesus doesn't do that. He's not that guy. He never forces his touch on us. He offers himself and then he waits for us to give the go-ahead. In fact, uh, Leslie Weatherhead, one of the great Methodist preachers of the last hundred years, He wrote this in one of his books. The striking thing about Jesus is that out of respect for people's personality, he will not try to win even a righteous cause by force. Even in his own personal life, hunted from place to place, with nowhere to lay his head, hampered everywhere by his enemies, defeated by people's lack of faith in their cold hearts, he still did not use force. Jesus never uses force when it comes to touching our lives. It's always a gentle touch. In fact, there's that famous passage in Revelation 3, verse 20, where we read the words of Jesus. He says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in 
and eat with that person and they with me. You know, Jesus is not going to storm the door and come barreling in and have his way with you. That's not his way. It's only at your invitation that he puts that hand on your shoulder or puts that arm around you or touches your hearts. And so perhaps today you can't trust the touch of anybody else in your life. Maybe the wounds are so deep that nobody else is allowed to come close. But I want to say to you, you can, touch the, you can trust the touch of Jesus. You can trust him with his touch today. Open the door, would you? Open the door and let him come in and touch your heart. I promise you, it's a respectful and a pure and a gentle touch. And it's also a touch that heals. Number two today. His touch heals. Moment after moment in Jesus' life, we see him touching people. Uh, In Matthew 8, verse 3, a whole bunch of uh, times, in fact. Matthew 8, verse 3, we see he reached out his hand and touched the man. And immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. In Matthew 8, 15, he heals a man with fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. What about the blind men? Matthew 29, or 9, verse 29 and 30, he touched their eyes. And said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Or the soldier in Luke twenty-two fifty-one, the disciples came at him and cut off his ear. Right? A forceful touch. And Jesus said, no more of this. He touched the man's ear gently. Healed him. And so many people have been healed physically by the touch of Jesus. The physical touch of Jesus. I'm sure you've heard of people having their cancer healed miraculously, right? They go in one day and the doctor's shocked that the tumor's disappeared or that the cancer's gone. Uh, I read a book by a lady named Agnes Sanford. She's written a bunch of books on healing. And she talks about doubting all this healing stuff. And then one day her little baby, who was uh, just a year old, I think, had abscessed ears. Six weeks. Nobody could do anything about it. And so she invited the minister to come and and pray for this little kid. The minister came and touched the baby's ears and prayed. And she said she watched it instantly. The the baby's face changed. Uh, The life came back into this this baby's face. And took the hands away and the ears were healed. And she then began a great healing ministry of her own. Because she realized that the touch of Jesus is a healing touch. But I think more common still is the healing touch of Jesus when it comes to our hearts and our emotions and our spiritual wounds. Uh, Every person who's met with Jesus discovers that he has an amazing healing power in your heart. In fact, I read this story about a lady who was one of the living dead to survive the Hiroshima bomb uh, in 1945. Obviously, the entire city was flattened and she along with a bunch of others, survived. Now, she'd gone to a Christian school in her town, and she hated it because she thought that Jesus was the the God of the Americans, the enemy. And as she was sitting at school one day, the bomb came down. Next thing she knew, she was being pulled out of rubble because the building had collapsed. She didn't know what happened. A bunch of them were sort of shuffled off to the nearby river at the end of the city, and they all sat there overnight, totally shell-shocked. The city was in shambles. And she said she felt that she was bleeding internally. She could feel that she was, something was wrong with her because of this accident. 
Then she said she thought of a hymn that they used to sing at the school that she so despised. God is our refuge and strength, our present help in trouble, and we therefore will not fear. So she started to sing it. She started to think about who Jesus was, this Jesus that she'd been taught about in the school that she hated, and his, his loving, healing touch. She started to pray in the name of Jesus for healing, and she said instantly, peace, peace came over her like she'd never felt before, and her fear was gone, and her life was changed. Now, she recovered from her physical injuries sometime later, but I think to myself, what was the true miracle here? Was it her... Her physical healing? Yes. But even if she wasn't healed physically, that healing of her heart, that peace that came over her heart, that touch of Jesus on her life was the true miracle, wasn't it? Jesus touched her and made her whole inside. Oh, the touch of Jesus is so much better than the Midas touch. The Midas touch wouldn't have helped her at all in that moment. The touch of Jesus is what heals the broken. Maybe you come today broken in some way. Maybe you come today needing healing inside, right? You know, to, to have joy where there's been lots of sadness in your life or to, to find comfort because you've been grieving or to find peace because you've been fearful, to find relief for your pain. How much pain has this COVID thing brought across the board it's been a terrible year for so many people. We've lost loved ones. We've lost businesses. We've lost our dreams. You know, relationships have been strained. The things we thought were going to give us joy have crushed us. What good would the Midas touch do for our hearts, friends? Nothing. <laughs> but the loving touch of Jesus can heal us and can bring healing to our inner brokenness. And so I hope today that you'll let him come in. Open that door. Come in and touch your heart. Bring that healing that only he can. Not only that, but the touch of Jesus is a cleansing touch, number three. His touch cleanses. When Jesus healed that leper, he said, be clean. Be clean as he healed him. And he was talking about the impurities on the man's skin, of course. But oh, how much more does the touch of Jesus cleanse us within and set us free from the infirmities inside? Uh, I love this quote from Leslie Weatherhead. I was reading one of his books this week. And he said, Our heart is his holy place. And he always had a passion to cleanse his own temple. And then I love this. He says, All evil intentions and thoughts and desires fly from his searching glance as bats fly from a dungeon when it is opened to the blaze of day. I love that analogy. You know, like opening a dungeon and all the bats just fly out because the light streams in. That's exactly what happens when Jesus opens that door and puts his arms around us and touches us. All that darkness flies away. We're cleansed of it when we let him in. And so maybe today you come and your, your heart is filled with anger or your heart is filled with, with unforgiveness or bitterness and it sort of keeps you up at night. You're so mad or you're, you're so fearful because of what's going on around you that it just overwhelms you. It's just sort of like this dark cloth over your life. Or maybe it's an addiction. So you've just been numbing yourself at the TV or drinking too much or watching the wrong things. 
and you've, you've stuffed your heart full of the wrong things, right? Jesus comes to cleanse us of these things today. He cleanses us. He releases us from these things that bog us down. Uh, That Gaither song we sang said it so well. He touched me and oh the joy that floods my soul. Right? When when Jesus touches you and he floods your soul with joy, it it flushes out all the darkness. You know, I wonder how many of us keep the door to our hearts locked because we don't want to let go of these things. We get so comfortable in our anger and in our unforgiveness and in our addictions and in our fear that we just, we just ignore Jesus' knock. And we say, you know what, I don't need his touch. I'm okay where I'm at. But oh, I hope you won't do that today. I hope you'll open the door and let him in. Let him throw his arms around you. Let him reach out and touch you. The power and the freedom at his fingertips is there for the taking for you and I today, friends. And so let him in. Let him in. Don't close that door off. Let him in, and he'll cleanse you. He will. You see, I'll close with this. His touch is available for us all. You just have to let him in. In fact, when I used to teach music, I had a little keyboard for my kids to learn on. I remember this. Uh, So the kids would come in, and they had their keyboard. It was a nice one. And then my piano was off in the corner. And I'd say, don't touch don't touch the piano. Okay, you've got your keyboard and I'll play there. Because there were cokies in the studio and there were, it was like hand stuff, of course, for them to clean because kids' hands are always dirty, as you know. And so I'd say, hands off my piano. <laughs> All right, you guys sit and play your thing. And I used to sit at my piano. But I tell you, if, if one of my heroes had walked in, if Billy Joel came in, I would never have said, hands off, man. I would have said, please. Please play my piano. It'll be an honor for you to touch those keys. (laughs) Because the master's touch of the instrument is precious to behold, isn't it? And I think so many of us today say, don't touch when it comes to our hearts. You know, we're so used to it being stained and we're so worried about our hearts being, being ruined and wounded, which is a good thing to be worried about because our hearts are precious. But oh, when the master comes and offers to touch your heart, don't say hands off. Don't say don't touch. There is no heart that Jesus cannot touch and heal. There is no heart that is too stained or too hurt, too wounded for Jesus to cleanse today. There's no heart too dark for him to shine his light into. But oh, you've got to let him in. You've got to take off that don't touch sign. And let him come and have his way. And so will you invite him in tonight? Will you, will you give him the space to come and put his hands on your hearts? Will you let him in to touch you and make you whole tonight? Let's do it. Let's, let's go into a short time of prayer. And as we pray, I want to invite you to just close your eyes. Just breathe deeply and just hear these words and maybe pray them with me in your heart. And, and don't, don't let Jesus go without touching you. Let him come in. Let him cleanse whatever you need cleansing from. Let him touch and heal you for your brokenness. And so come, let's pray together. God, our Father, thank you so much for Jesus and his loving touch. 
Lord, we're so thirsty for a warm touch of love. We've been so, uh, we've missed it so in this time of lockdown. And we come, we come thirsty for you to draw near and touch our hearts. And so I pray, Lord, for each person here today. I pray that as they hear Jesus knocking at the door, that they'll all open those doors and let him in. In this moment, Lord, we just open the door and let you come in. Jesus, draw near and touch our hearts. Jesus, draw near and heal us, we pray. Lord, for those in need of healing, for those who may be physically broken, we pray right now the hand of Jesus, the powerful, loving touch of Jesus would settle over them. Bring your healing as only you can bring. We pray, Lord, for those who've got brokenness inside, those who are wounded, those who sit here tonight hurt by all sorts of things in their hearts. Oh God, would you draw near and touch hearts right in this moment? Would you, would you come and break those, break all sorts of things that are in the way and touch gently our hearts in this moment? Thank you, Lord, that your, your touch is loving. Thank you, Lord, that it's a gentle touch. Thank you, O oh God, that when we let you in, you heal what brokenness remains. And so come and touch each broken heart. And I pray, O oh Lord, that in this moment, as you touch us, as you, as you put a hand on our shoulder, or as you just wrap your arms around us and show us your love, that you will cleanse us of the things that need to go. We pray, Lord, cleanse us of our anger, cleanse us of our unforgiveness, cleanse us of our addictions and our sins that weigh us down. Cleanse us of that resistance that we have to you. Lord, touch our hearts and make us whole and let your joy flood our hearts right now. And thank you, Lord, that time and time again in our lives we can rely on your touch. That it's not just a once-off, but that every moment and every day we can come to you and say, Lord, touch me. Touch this heart of mine. That everywhere we go we can feel your loving arms around us just showing us where to go and, and guiding us and protecting us. And so, Lord, we give you thanks for this time. Thank you for drawing near. Thank you for meeting us. Thank you for the loving, gentle, warm, compassionate touch of Jesus on our hearts today. And as we go now, we know that you go with us and you continue to touch us wherever we go. And so we give you glory and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.